I, I still refer to this moment time to time whenever people ask me that uh, why do you write? So this is my answer. There was a man called Sato. So Sato is from Japan. Uh, he's in his 70s and he was he has been riding the tour of friendship forever. He is still there probably. I was in the mountains and I was suffering because it was my first time actually climbing a mountain. I was a fat guy of 88 kg so I was having a really hard day. So Sato was with the master's group and he comes in. So he has another guy with him and he comes in from behind because they used to start after us. So he caught up with me and then he comes to me and he's like, uh, you seem to be suffering a lot. Hold on, let me get you some coke. So he called his car in and got me some coke. And then he told me, now come on, uh, sit on my wheel, I'll get you to the top. And I could not hold his wheel for like two minutes. So by two minutes he was out, I said goodbye, thank you so much. And that moment stayed with me because that's exactly what I want to be. At my 70s, I want to drop a 35-year road in the mountains. So that's why I train. The reason I cycle so much has more to do with I actually have my, I am mildly depressive. So whenever I stop cycling, I can feel myself become extremely negative. My uh, temper goes haywire and I know that I'm actually stepping up towards the darker side of the being that I am. And it is something, uh, cycling in particular is something that really puts me on a more sane and a more pleasant mindset. It makes me happier because of all the endorphins and all the uh, things that happen on the road. So anybody who is working knows those feelings. I have worked in a bank, I have worked in an advertising agency, I have worked in a multinational marketing company and I know those feelings. I know exactly how those stresses come and anybody who's working, I would highly recommend that you try out uh, cycling and you know anything that gets more endorphins into your bloodstream. I am Baiki Vinky and this is the Working Athlete Podcast. Here, I talk to working athletes from all walks of life and experts from various sports to provide you with inspiration, training tips, time management and lifestyle advice. If this is something that interests you, please make sure you subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss any future episodes. Today's guest is one of the fittest masters riders in Bangladesh. He started cycling about 10 years ago to lose weight and to deal with his asthma problem and has never looked back. He is a key part of Team BDC, a top amateur cycling team in Bangladesh. He is one of the four riders who attempted to set a Guinness record by riding a massive 1600 kilometers in just 48 hours and successfully finished the ride. His name is Drabir Alam. In this episode, we talked about his cycling journey and how it helped him deal with his health conditions and weight loss. He, we also talked in detail about the recently concluded record attempt, the planning, preparation and execution of it. We also talked about how cycling in Bangladesh at amateur level and professional levels is shaping up. I really enjoyed this conversation with Rabir. Let us get into it. Welcome to the Working Athlete Podcast, Dravir. It is a pleasure having you on the show. I am absolutely delighted to be here as well. It's great to speak to you. Awesome. So, Dravir, um, so I think the first time we met was in back in 2017. Um, uh, we actually have never met. Uh, uh, we have been speaking, I, I think I was in Tour of Glory and uh, you probably uh, were out that year. Uh, you yeah, were there. yeah, but uh, were we uh, part of uh, Tour of Friendship uh, 2017? Oh, right, we were. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. We were. So, right, that's where we met. Yes, yes. Yeah, so yeah we were. That's the first time I saw you, Tanvir. Um, uh, yes. I, I think it was only two of you or uh, a couple yeah, of others? Yeah, just the two of us. Uh, that, just the two of us in 2017. Right. So that was the first time I met uh, you and Tanvir. And um, it was interesting to, uh, you know, see uh, that uh, we were a big bunch. 
like from yeah. india i think we were like 10 15 people uh, yeah yeah we were, it was a big group big group and uh, you know we could uh, recognize uh, people who were you know out of all the expats uh, you know people of the same color we could immediately <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so, I, i i wrote with a few of you guys as well it was like brothers on the road <laughs> at yeah. least somebody that would speak to us in the proper in the same way <laughs> yes yes so that was uh, that was good to see and uh, when we uh, uh, i initially thought we were you know you were uh, from india and uh, it's someone uh, i didn't know but then i realized okay it's you know from bangladesh and okay there is a cycling group there and uh, it was great to know and then of course we connected on social media and then uh, yeah. you know got to know each other a little better uh, unfortunately like you said we uh, you came down to tour of uh, glory uh, with yeah. a, a few of uh, you and uh, i unfortunately couldn't make it Uh, to that road. but um, you know so we are officially kind of you know meeting and chatting on a long term you know long term conversation <laughs> yeah. only now finally finally finally, finally. <laughs> great so um ravir let us start by talking uh, about what is work for you all right I yep that makes sense being on the working athlete podcast because it is the work part that I probably would connect to more than the athlete part I don't really see myself as that uh so I for for lack of a better explanation I am a businessman I start businesses now I have worked in uh, marketing for almost all of my life I have worked in different different marketing ventures eventually in 2016 i i actually started my first venture with uh, my partners and together we have actually launched several other ventures as well so primarily my business is in uh, advertising that's what people know me for uh, we also have a budding uh, software and automation company that's doing really well and on top of that there are a few other businesses that i'm a part of like uh, graphic design outsourcing and stuff like that so right now i think uh, we have a bis- our business uh, has around uh, 200 plus individuals working on in different uh, con- uh, in different corners nice nice excellent um, so <clears throat> coming to the endurance journey right so when uh, when did you get into cycling and what made you get into cycling so i i started cycling when i was around 32 years old i have always been really bad at any kind of sports because i do not have the necessary hand eye coordination so there is no sport that i can actually play and uh, sounds I very familiar started- <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i can't play anything for the life of me you put me in football cricket anything i can't play so uh that's back in 2010 11 i started developing certain health conditions i had high uric acid i started developing joint pains i started i also had chronic asthma as well things started get started to get really bad i saw a lot of doctors and particularly for the joint pains nobody actually gave me anything concrete I eventually realized that when I work out I stay better. So then I started to work out. First I started running and uh, it was uh, it was okay for a while I would go out for late night runs then one of my friends uh, he got me into cycling. And uh, I I resisted like anything. I I would not go. I I was like no I'm not going out riding. I'm not going to go there. There is nothing there. I don't like it and all that. So I resisted like anything, but he made me go there. He actually let me his helmet and everything. So the full shebang. So finally I started with some leisurely rides rides around the city. There was a group called BD Cyclists which is still there. I'm still a part of it. So BD Cyclists is something that started me off. And from there things got 
a bit crazy gradually. So first it was just, I'm just going to ride around this city. Okay, fine. I'm just going to go on this mountain bike ride with some of the people outside the city. Okay, fine. This seems like something that requires a bit more fitness. So I'm going to train a bit more. And then, then something happened in 2013. So in 2013, in the middle of Dhaka, I, uh, basically the government managed to acquire a large chunk of land that was being uh, taken over by settlers. So I, you know, people that just grabs lands, something that we all can <laughs> definitely explain, probably harder to explain to our Western friends. <laughs> so the government managed to uh, get that piece of land back and to make sure that the land stayed there so that no more encroachments there, they built a place called Hatibchi. So it's a seven and a half kilometer loop with bridges and trees and a lake in the middle. It's absolutely fabulous. It's beautiful. And that place became our training ground because it's seven and a half kilometers with perfect road conditions with almost uh, a very minimal traffic on weekends. So that road became our place to train. And once that road came into play, that's when we started uh, training there regularly. And eventually we decided, fine, since we are training regularly, let's just name ourselves. And we basically names ourselves Team BDC because Team Sky was really big back then. So we just yeah. went the easy way, just added yeah. BDC behind the team. Right. So, so that's, that's how it started. That's how it all began. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, a, a very interesting, right? A uh, lot of us, you know, uh, we, unless there is some problem that kind of rears his head, uh, like in my case and, and in your case, it is the asthma, uh, the chronic asthma that kind of, you know, uh, kept popping up. And then, um, you mentioned uric acid levels and joint pains so these health conditions when they become like uh, uh, there a lot of us will have these health conditions underlying once they kind of start uh, making their presence felt is when we said okay we got to do something about it and right. uh, that that sounds like uh, exactly what happened with me as well right uh, around uh, 32 33 uh, years old when i i was uh, 32 33 that's uh, when uh, you know i uh, decided to do something about it so I, I think a lot of our journeys are like quite uh, similar in that aspect, which is, uh, you know, great to uh, see. Uh, now coming to your, uh, uh, you know, fitness journey, right? So from uh, starting uh, uh, at Team BDC, right? And uh, what, what are the things that you did to kind of improve your uh, fitness levels? Were there any events that you guys uh, were taking part within, uh, you know, Dhaka and stuff? Okay. So uh, when we started off, obviously we had no idea about, uh, you know, competitive cycling or how to train for it. We had zero ideas about training. The first training plan that we got our hands on was something called, uh, it, it's something made by the British uh, Heart Foundation. So they have a cycling plan freely available on their website. So you have multiple levels. So we started with the beginner level of that particular training plan. And that training plan uh, stayed with us from 2014 to 2016 because we did not have access to anything else or any kind of other knowledge as well. We were experimenting. We were not getting very uh, good at it, but still it was getting our fitness to a certain level. Uh, in 2016, in 2015, we started meeting few new people as well. There was a gentleman called Patrick Verissimo. Uh, there are a few others that came in. Uh, you probably saw Patrick into the friendship as well. Correct. So all of these guys came in and these guys were staying in Dhaka and they were looking for people to train with. They found us and we found them. They showed us a lot of ways of things to do because Patrick in particular, I am right, when I'm super indebted to because he essentially showed me a lot of the things that I should do and how things should progress. And he's somebody that I really look up. 
So Patrick in 2015 went to the Tour of Friendship. He came back and told us that in 2016, you must. So in 2016, we wanted to go. Uh, we planned, we went accordingly. I trained, I think I did not train at all. I did not know about structured training uh, back then. So I just simply did some road rides and those basic rides, spent some time in the gym and went. So something happened in Tour of Friendship. I was, uh, I, I still refer to this moment time to time, whenever people ask me that, uh, why do you ride? So this is my answer. In, in 2016, and uh, there, he was there at the other sessions as well, there was a man called Sato. So Sato is from Japan. Uh, he's in his 70s. And he, was, he has been riding the Tour of Friendship forever. He is still there probably. And uh, so I was in the mountains and I was suffering because it was my first time actually climbing a mountain. I was a fat guy of 88 kg. So I was having a really hard day. So Sato was with the master's group and he comes in. So he has another guy with him and he comes in from behind because they used to start after us. So he caught up with me and then he comes to me and he's like, uh, you seem to be suffering a lot. Hold on, let me get you some coke. So he called his car in and got me some coke. And then he told me, now come on, I sit on my wheel, I'll get you to the top. And I could not hold his wheel for like two minutes. So by two minutes, he was out. I said, goodbye, thank you so much. And that moment stayed with me because that's exactly what I want to be. At my 70s, I want to drop a 35-year-old in the mountains. So that's why I trained. So that's yeah. how things progressed. Because once I came back, I really realized that, okay, fine. So there is something bigger than uh, just, uh, you know, leisure rides and all that. So I started uh, training with Trainer Road. I, in 2017, I found what was called Sufferpress, uh, which is now called System. So Trainer Road got me to a certain level, but it never really got me in the right mindset. I really do credit this particular software, the Sufferfest, the Sufferlandrian motto, the way they built the culture of suffering and how you get into it. It really hooked me and it is something that has really pushed me a lot forward. So I started using the Sufferfest. I trained like uh, I quite well. I In 2017, I went to the Tour of Glory. After that, I started training with Sufferfest. So I really got in the groove of it. So structured training and from Sufferfest, I went on to uh, custom training plans because they offered custom training plans. And from there, as my goals got uh, crazier and crazier and things got more interesting, I eventually ended up with one-on-one -on -one coaching. So right now I'm working with uh, Apex Coaching in the US. So mm -hmm. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching with these guys. Uh, my nice. coach is uh, Jeff Hubler. Nice, nice. That is really uh, interesting, right? In uh, when we uh, participate in these events and see, uh, like uh, you have seen uh, Sato, the the seventy seventy year old guy, uh, helping you, trying to help you, but still, you know, you could not keep up. So these guys are what are real in uh, you know inspiration right even uh, i i have someone like um, uh, you know in my team uh, a 72 year old 70 year old uh, who can ride ride like crazy and you know you can easily get dropped uh, if you are inattentive for a moment right so the, <laughs> the, these people are really uh, inspiration and uh, very, very well put that that is where we want to see ourselves in like seven Absolutely. when when we are it's not just about now it is just when we are 70 year olds 80 year olds we are, you know still want to be able to ride and you know yeah. keep keep fit and ride and stay healthy you know it's the Absolutely. long term long term uh, goals like that uh, really what uh, keep us going i guess that, that is Absolutely. really uh, yeah really awesome so uh, 2017 uh, tour of friendship so that was 2016 uh, when you kind of understood what is the really you know you want to yeah, absolutely uh, do yeah. 
so 2017 tour of friendship how how did that go for you so i'll i'll particularly mention about one stage in 2016 and it is why tour of friendship is like so close to my heart it is one event that i keep on going back to uh, my friends in india vivek and the others they don't really understand why i go back there because it's like it's hot like hell and mm. uh, you keep on climbing but it's the friendly atmosphere and it's what got me started so i just want to go back to that one event all the time i'll go to other events but that is one event that is core to it so in 2016 there was a stage and it was the queen stage so there were a lot of clients in 2016 and uh, it ended uh, in front of a lake with some nice views but it was just a lot of clients in the mountains and <laughs> i finished two and a half hours after the bunch and these guys i kept on telling them that i just let me go i'll finish on my own you don't have to stay with me they're like no we're staying with you we, we don't care Uh, if you are here for two hours, we'll be here with you for two hours. And they, the entire support crew, came back with me. So they were like giving me food, and it was like uh, so embarrassing for me to just keep them on the road like that. So once I did that, I really decided that I should not keep these guys on the road like this. So I started training really hard. That day was so long and it was so hot that there is a photo of me where the Yeah, if you remember our team logo, it has a dog in it, right? So uh, that dog got burnt into my back. So because the sunburn, it actually was burnt into my back. You could see the entire <laughs> shape of the logo. <laughs> so that that's that's the start of it. So I had to train in 2017. I trained a bit, so I managed to get. slightly more fit so my ftp was around 164 in 2016 it got to around 201 or so but in 2017 is when i started really training so then i managed to get up to uh, i think around I, after the tour of glory and everything else when i was really fat so in 2018 i managed to get up to like 231 at ftp and i uh, i almost actually got managed a podium in the time trial because it is one particular uh, event that i'm really decent at for some reason and uh, i actually mistook a turn and had two extra minutes when I, once i came back i realized that i would have been fourth probably if i was there so so that's how my, the training progressed so eventually the training intensities kept on going up the training structures became better and i started to see results and once i started to see results i was like really motivated to really push it further mm. and uh, i think we'll talk about 2020 at the end because from mm. there on things got a whole different game yeah. in terms of events i if you recall in your earlier days of bangalore's uh, racing scene that you guys had to do your own racing there were very little events happening around the uh, country but you guys were doing your own events so the situation has been like that for us as well we haven't really had big events here road events are extremely hard to organize because of the condition of the roads and how things are but now slowly and steadily things seem to be changing there are a few events that are popping up every year so i'm hopeful that there will be more things coming in our way but in terms of events we were just doing our own events and racing with ourselves hmm. yeah that is that, that is very uh, uh, natural right yeah, like fortunately for us uh, in 2008 something you know a bunch of uh, the guys start, you know got together and started something called uh, uh, bbch bangalore bicycling championships yeah like, you know it's just a bunch of us coming together and uh, a couple of uh, them uh, you know doing uh, entering time in excel and trying to get the results yeah. and stuff like that yeah. right? time trials so and then you know even with that we uh, we wanted more events and that's when i i started something called uh, you know bangalore amateur racing in 2013 so unless i you know if we don't have something it is up to us to kind of start something 
i think that yeah, is what exactly. uh, happened with you guys as well right so that, that is uh, phenomenal uh, you know going back and talking a little bit about uh, 2017 uh, tour of friendship when uh, we kind of uh, uh, you know first saw each other and uh, you know know each other from 2017 tour of friendship uh, is was a phenomenal experience uh, for me right that was the first time uh in uh, you know since i started cycling that is the first time that i took part in a cycling event outside india i've been uh, i've been outside india um on work and you know went to denmark and raced the club races there and stuff like that but uh, you know as multi day organized event like tour of friendship that was the first time i ever did and uh, i was just blown away the, by the kind of organization they have the kind of uh, you know police support that they get yeah. the kind the kind of uh, uh, you know uh, volunteer support like water support that you get on the rides it was just mind blowing to experience and uh, you know they uh, when i i came back from that and told myself okay this is phenomenal you know uh, i have to experience this at least once per year so and that that is when i said okay i will do at least one event outside india per year that i would budget uh, you know if in my cycling expenses this much yeah, yeah. <laughs> to make sure that i go and experience uh, different events in different parts of the world because that is how you grow right that is how you Absolutely. see different uh, uh, you know different levels of cycling different events how you know different cultures meet different people like you know a lot of uh, friends that uh, you know even like patrick and others yeah. i i met in the for the first time there and uh, you know they, we get to learn so much by uh, by watching them in action by just through yeah. sheer uh, inspiration and for for the tour of friendship itself uh, i did not go back uh, because i um, i found the tour of bintan to be more closer yeah. to my uh, my skill levels in terms of uh, you know time trial and just another couple of uh, uh, days with lot less climbing and not yeah. as <laughs> i i think maybe <laughs> not as hot but yeah uh, yeah yeah tour of friendship was phenomenally well organized and uh, it's five days of intense suffering uh, <laughs> i i i found five five days to be a little too much you know <laughs> start start to end racing but uh, it is something that i would love to go back to definitely right. it's something that is like extremely close to my heart it's basically you know those sparks where you start something and you remember that spark something that gave you that spark so tour of friendship for me is like that because i'm pretty sure that i will go to many events many i'll meet many people but i'll always remember that particular event so that's why i go back it Right. it's something that i want to experience as long as i can yeah definitely definitely and um, coming to uh, your weight right weight uh, journey you mentioned uh, you were 88 kgs uh, yeah. in 2016 what was your yeah, right. highest weight and uh, what what is your weight now so that was my highest weight 2016 uh, 88 mm. kg i my son was born in 2014 i we took him to the us and uh, we went for a holiday and once i came back i was like fat as lit <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so and i could not really get it down as well because i had gotten used to eating a lot more i was eating a lot of sugar so bad eating bad habits uh 2016 i started my own business you know the kind of stress that comes with that so mm. everything included it was a bad time and i was just putting on more so 88 kilograms has been the highest that i had ever been 
at 88 kilograms so there is this uh, right that we go to it's like our pilgrimage right so it's basically uh, the only hilly area it's called the hill tracks it's a place called Pandorwar. so in the hill tracks there is this one route that we take so it takes on day one it's around 94 kilometers and it takes uh, around 2000 meters of elevation so a lot of uphill downhill the roads are not very well made so the gradients keep on being in like 12 13 21 uh, in those ranges on the second day you have to cross the highest road in bangladesh and it's one of the worstly graded uh, roads in the world because it starts off with a 39 percent turn then it goes into 24 percent and on that road when the number is in the tens like 12 percent you are like relaxing oh thank god the gradients are a bit low <laughs> so it's an insane climb so right. that's so we call it it's called dim pahal dim means egg because the mountain is shaped like an egg so i went there with that 88 kg self i crawled my way up to the top and i finished that ride and after finishing it i found okay fine so there is a reason for me to lose some weight and get into some better habits right now i'm sitting at around 78 kilograms i have put on some weight I, in the lockdowns i managed to get down to 75 kilograms so uh, it's a bit more weight than i would like to have my goal is to below uh, to be below 70. however uh, it's a lot harder than it sounds because in this journey I have figured out a lot about my own body's uh, way of dealing with things. For instance, I have found out I have a overly active insulin. So what happens is, so, <laughs> so you know the diabetes test uh, where you basically fast for the entire night, then you mm. go in and take a blood sugar and then you uh, take some glucose and uh, take that sugar again. Right. So my blood sugar in the morning is around six to seven. So after a 14 hour fast, so then I take uh, 75 grams of uh, glucose and my blood sugar two hours after taking those 75 grams is three. Okay. Because my body essentially is too active with its insulin. It, whenever it finds, finds something in my blood and it knows that I'm not really doing anything with it, it just wants to take it out and store it. Ah, okay. So right. as a result, what was happening was I was on a put on a diet and I was having uh, three meals a day, but I would not have any energy left, particularly when I'm in the office. But when I'm out riding, I have all the energy in the world. There is very, very rarely I would bond. So I could not figure it out. And then we finally figured it out because it was simply removing all the uh, sugar from my blood. So what I have to do now is like have six meals a day but at uh, lower quantities have complex card and stuff like this so these are the things that we are now figuring out so my coach and the people that i take help from they're helping me to navigate this journey i'm trying to eat better i'm also trying to put on a bit more muscle as well because uh, there are two things that i want to do now i am turning 40 in 2022 one of the things that i am i want to do is to go for an ironman I I do not like running at all. I do not enjoy it. But swimming, I'm pretty decent at. So I'm practicing my swimming. I'll practice my running when I get to it. But I just want to do it once in my life. I just want to see uh, what it feels like. That is one. The other one is to go for bigger events. So I get to more bigger events, international events and stuff like that. And I really need to get better at, you know, uh, keeping my weight down for those. Mm, yeah so weight weight becomes a, a very important right uh, when it comes yeah. to uh, especially the climbing and stuff like that right yeah uh, th that is uh, you know what you talked about uh, in uh, about your insulin sensitivity and uh, you know that is also fascinating when you have uh, conditions like that it is very very difficult to kind of manage your energy levels through the day 
and also okay. you know weight management becomes a big issue uh, even with a lot of uh, working out and stuff like that so it is important uh, for one to take care of uh, take medical help uh, supervised uh, uh, you know help and proceed with that in that case uh glad you kind of uh, you know found the root cause and you know working uh, working towards that um and uh, when it comes to uh, you know re- more recent uh, 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 weight management uh, stuff you mentioned uh, taking six meals a day and trying to uh, yeah. uh, you know manage uh, like that how how does it work so uh, this is what i do now i i basically take my breakfast by night but i have reduced the quantity of my breakfast i used to have like two breads uh, and uh, and two eggs but i'm having like one bread and one egg there but then at 11 i'm taking a bit more food then at 1 i'm taking food again then at 3 i'm taking food again and all the quantities are pretty small i can't take bigger quantities and i have to keep doing that so that keeps my energy up the other thing i that i have to do is i have to force my body to think that i'm working as in i'm working out i'm not just sitting so i have to walk around and keep moving because when i'm walking around my body thinks okay fine the energy is needed so let me send some energy when i'm not walking around it simply decides to okay fine i don't know when i'm going to get more food let me store all of it right okay very interesting very interesting okay um coming back to the events that you know you uh, took part in like in 2018 you came to a tour of uh, uh, glory right yeah so how how was uh, that experience uh, with uh, oh, I you know, tour of glory yeah i loved it and it is uh, one event that i definitely will go back to it's mm-hmm. a lot closer to home and the people are already people that i know so i loved i loved it mm-hmm. i bengaluru in particular there are parts of india that i have gone to there are very uh, different cities that i have gone to there are cities that i have fallen in love with like uh, kolkata it's very close to my heart i really enjoy being in kolkata but uh, if you mention a state that i really wanted to be in bengaluru has to be on top of that list it's such a fantastic little place to be so mm. i loved every moment of it from the moment that uh, sunil and i i Raj, they picked us up from the airport to staying at uh, Raj's house, then climbing up on Nandi, and then going to the Tour of Glory and uh, climbing all those hills and the coffee plantations. I one experience that I would definitely mention is having coffee on the roadside. So uh, it's it's very unique because I everybody was talking about let's go grab some coffee. I said yeah sure let's go grab some coffee, and we were just like a dhaba kind of a place. with one guy with a saucepan on the ear and i'm like this is exactly how you were supposed to have coffee this this makes perfect sense <laughs> it was fantastic yeah, yeah. so the you know when we uh, came back uh, from uh, tour of friendship and you know uh, we talked about uh, it so these guys um, sunil balu and these guys were like okay we need to have uh, you are talking so much about this and how awesome it is uh, you know why not we do something about uh, something like that uh, you know here and that they they, they worked really hard to uh, you know find roots and also it is uh, if you want to have uh, a tour you know if you want to right. have a, a tour not start to finish a race as such it right. is not not that difficult to conduct but when you want to have right. a race from start to finish that is wh- that is very difficult because you don't you are essentially doing that on uh, open roads right yeah. and you know finding permissions uh, here is extremely difficult so uh, thankfully there was uh, you know at that time um, the police uh, officials in that area were like uh, you know cyclists and he kind of uh, anamalai uh, he ah, yes i, I heard about yeah. him yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so he uh, kind of helped uh with the permissions there and uh, you know that 
that made it possible to uh, conduct the event uh, in the same year essentially 2017 was the first edition and uh, 2018 uh, you know was the second edition uh, unfortunately it, uh, we could not uh, get it rolling in the next few editions but uh, that that is really something that uh, you know we need to work on to create events like that right absolutely absolutely yeah. it's also yeah. i something interesting happened on the uh, final day of that event so there was a crit race in, in the 2018 edition at the end of it there was a crit race so uh, we were put in a group and we were all out there and uh, i think i was around 84 85 kilograms a fat bloke with a fat paunch and obviously nobody really takes that guy very seriously So we were all out there wearing the group and with two laps to go I suddenly see the entire group just slow down for a bit I there was one guy at the front so the group was chasing him and suddenly everybody slowed down and it opened up so I just went for it I I did not think and I just went for it with everything that I had which wasn't much by the way <laughs> the only reason the only reason I made it to the end when I came back even the organizers were like they made me do an extra lap because everybody thought that i had been lapped <laughs> so nobody chased me and there was just one guy who realized hold on that guy has not been lapped why is he chasing so hard so he tried to chase but by then i was too far gone and eventually i had to come back and convince the organizers that hey look guys i wasn't lapped <laughs> i made it to the second position <laughs> <laughs> that is a brilliant story right <laughs> so you finished yeah. second in the crit nice. yeah yeah and i'm very happy with it i'm like super happy with it hey if if being fat means you don't get chased go for it <laughs> oh, brilliant brilliant yeah so that is uh, you know it in races like that it uh, it doesn't matter uh, how fit you are or you know how fast you are if you are able to make a move at the right time and you are in the right yeah. place you know you yeah. you you will make it yeah, brilliant yeah it's stuck <laughs> yeah it's stuck <laughs> excellent um so coming to uh, more recent uh, yeah. thing right uh you um you guys have done something what i consider like crazy like you have attempted uh, doing 1600 kilometers in what 48 hours 48 yeah. 48 hours the, uh so this was in uh, a team relay format or how is yeah. it can, can you please uh, take take yeah, us yeah, through yeah. that Let, yeah all right So I'll I'll give you a short background and also what the event is all about. Yeah. So 2020 was like everybody else's 2020. We were all stuck at home and uh, we were like doing morning chores, we were not eating outside, we were losing weight and also uh every night at 8 we had this new ritual of getting on Discord and getting on Zwift. So all of us everybody from the team would get on Discord and we would ride around Zwift, climb a few mountains, put some Uh, efforts on and everybody started to get fit we were like getting fitter than we had ever been so that's when we realized that we had nowhere to show it to because there was no no events there was nothing that we could do and we were still bored so in 2020 i started to look for this particular guinness world record this is something that i had my eye on for quite some time so i started to look into it in more details and in 2021 i could make it happen with the help of sponsors The record goes like this. You have uh first is it's 1500 kilometers is what gets you the record. So you need to have a closed loop so it can be a velodrome or it can be a piece of wood. And in that closed loop you have to do laps which needs to be monitored with video and you have to count the laps and timings and so on. So you have to have all these evidences in and if you can do 1500 kilometers in 48 hours then you have a record but how do you do that you do it with four people how maximum four people so one rides and the other one then can come in and do a madison style changeover so while moving in the person can move into the uh, road and the other person can drop off and then the relay keeps on moving 
So what we did was we had a GPS uh, a computer. So we put it on a baton with a power uh, yeah, and we use that baton to track our relays. So that's how we made sure that there is actually a 1600 kilometer uh, GPS ride, uh, which I'll be uploading probably today. So in terms of uh, the people at front, you are allowed to have people at the front. In fact, the documentation states that you you are allowed to have motorbikes in the front as well. But I did not want to do that because mm. it does not go with the spirit of the entire effort. I'm sure somebody will break uh, this quite easily in the future with motorbikes and cars and whatnot, probably doing 50 kilometers per hour. But I did not want to do that. It, that, it did not seem right. So that's what the record is all about. So it's 48 hours nonstop, but one for one person. So each of us had like two, three hours of break in between and we had scheduled it in such a manner. We had to plan when people are going to sleep, when who is going to wake up and everything. So we had uh, three, four hours of sleep between each of us and uh, we were like really fresh to the end of it. Hmm. So how did you, uh, how did you uh, plan the changeovers and uh, stuff? So okay. Excellent. Yeah. So in terms of logistics, it is a nightmare. This entire thing is a nightmare because yeah. it's, it requires a massive amount of logistical effort. It's not the effort on the road that is the biggest thing. So there were 51 people that came in on that venue and uh, worked as spacers in front of us. So, wow. so we had to bring those 51 people in with their bikes because this space that we had, this was in a very remote location as well, because we can't really block a main road for two days straight. Right. Uh, so this is how it worked. I started off, I rode for 30 minutes and by then the second guy, uh, his name is Alauddin. So he was already uh, warmed up and he was then getting on the road. Once he told me and I was crossing him, I crossed him once. The second time that I was crossing, he told me that he was ready for the change. So I gave him the baton and he started riding. So we slowed down for a bit and he started riding. Once he was in that place, his pace, the pacer group that I was riding with, they also uh, dived off and the second group of pacers came in and paced him. So I, it got into a rhythm after a while. In the first few changes, it was a, a bit of a hiccup, but after a while, we really got the hang of it. So we were all warming up and going at it. Uh, I, in the record itself, I rode around 422 kilometers. But if you see my ride, you'll see that I have done around 502 kilometers on Strava. That's mm -hmm. because of the warm ups and everything else. Because every time the Pacers was coming in, the four of us would have to ride with the Pacer group and show them how to take the turns. Because yeah. the turns were quite sharp. You had right. to take them at the right line to keep the speed. Mm. So we had to show them that every time to do, you know, it's like warm up and training all rolled into one. Right. So that that is uh, really uh, interesting. So each of you, uh, you know, four of you uh, had, uh, you know, uh, four around four hundred, you know, kilometers to ride, and uh, or so. yeah, four hundred or so to ride. And each time you guys were uh, riding, you had two three uh, pacers who were pacing you around. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what were the speeds you guys were doing for uh, each of Okay, these? so we had, what we needed for the record was 31.2. What we had aimed for, which is 1600 kilometers, 16 being our victory day, which just passed 16th of December. So mm. we wanted to celebrate that. So we had targeted 33.3 kilometers per hour. That would be the number. However, things got a lot more interesting when we realized that we were doing a lot better because we had started off at 35 kilometers per hour. We had assumed that as time went on, we would get slower. So we would probably lose a bit of time. But as time went on, actually things started to get a bit faster as well. So at start, we were like 35 kilometers per hour. Then uh, it was quite foggy with zero visibility. Then in the day, the wind picked up. And then at night, it started raining again in December. So it was a really bad condition, honestly. But at the 
uh, at the start of the last day, which is on Friday, the last 12 hours, we realized we had around 34.3 kilometers per hour on the average. And each of us had three more shifts to give. And all of us, for some reason, saw that we had like extra energy and we just went all out. So in the end, we managed to, within those 12 hours, we managed to pull the average up to 34.8 kilometers per hour. So on a 48 hour ride, uh, increasing the average at the final 12 hours requires a lot of effort, as you can imagine. Yeah, but yeah. that's what it was. We had paced ourselves really well. As in, we were not going like too all out. We were not doing anything that was out of our comfort zone. So we managed to really pace ourselves well so that we could give everything at the end of it. Hmm. That is uh, that is fascinating. See, uh, maintaining a good pace, even with uh, pacers uh, around, is not uh, easy for that long a period, right? But you guys right. were able to do that and uh, do it consistently. I, I that uh, that would indicate that you guys timed your uh, rest and recovery periods also very well. Oh yes, yes. I, I actually have it memorized, honestly. We had an Excel sheet of when, who's going on, when, mm. who's sleeping, and what was going to happen every second of the way. And we, like, went it by the minute. Mm. So we were absolutely on track with that Excel sheet. Whenever we were supposed to go to sleep, we were going to sleep. Whenever we were supposed to be riding, we were riding. The only time that I screwed up was in one of the rides. So... I had one shift that ended at 8.30. The other shift would start at 11.30. So I was feeling slightly sleepy. So I had some dinner with pasta and stuff and I went to sleep. I, they woke me up around 11 and uh, I got ready and went out. The problem was whenever you are awake from sleep, you don't really feel like eating. That mm. was my mistake because mm. everything that i had eaten was already gone and i did not realize it 15 minutes into the ride i mm. suddenly realized that i had fucked up <laughs> as in uh, you know that feeling of bonking your uh, you know you start yeah. sweating and your hairs in your arms start to rise and that uh, your brain starts to get fuzzy so i sent one of the guys back i had thankfully i had one particular card drink so I, one of the sponsors was a glucose D. So they right. had given us like a shit ton of glucose. So we had glucose and saline mixed in and I just dumped the entire thing. And uh, then the other guy came back with a lot of sugary stuff. So I just stuffed myself in and then managed to stay on track for the next 45 minutes or so. But other than that, so that really taught me not to take it lightly. So I was like well fed every time I got on the bike. But other than that, everything went as soon as possible. So absolutely, sleep, ride, sleep, ride. I can't even tell when the, where the 48 hours went. Right, right. So what was the kind of longest uh, uh, at a time you guys did? Was it like one hour? One hour. Or... Okay. One hour. Max one hour. Max one hour and you kept uh, changing um yeah regularly uh, excellent uh, this was to make sure that nobody overexerted themselves this was right. absolutely crucial because after an hour no matter how easy you ride it takes a toll on you fatigue builds up we also had a sports messenger come in uh, on the mornings of both of these days and they really punched us hard you know how yeah. sports messages are so there were a lot of shouting and a lot of crowd <laughs> crying from the stands. But yeah. in the end, that made our legs like free. Absolutely. So we had no cramps, nothing, no issues whatsoever. Yeah. Nice, nice. So uh, what are the names of uh, the four of you who took part in this? Okay. So one guy you already know, Tanvir. Tanvir, Tanvir. was there. Yeah. 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 So the other guy is called Rakib. Rakib is a duathlete. Uh, mm -hmm. He is actually training to be in the Powerman World Championships. He's actually the best of us, to be very honest. He's the one that has like proper athlete ambitions. He actually mm -hmm. has quit his job training dedicatedly and does uh, coaching to people as well. So he is uh, properly into it. The other gentleman is called Alauddin. Alauddin is a cycle mechanic by profession. 
but he's a uh, also an avid rider he broke his leg in uh yeah tour of i uh, sorry mtb himalayas in oh. the final stage in mtb himalayas he broke his femur and uh he's still screwed in as in the doctor told him that uh, no uh, endurance riding is no longer for you well he showed the doctors <laughs> excellent excellent the uh, i think yeah rakibul islam right the rakibul islam yeah so he is the uh, what national champion uh, uh, he is the national individual time trial champion individual time trial champion as well awesome awesome so you four of you uh, went uh, went ahead and uh, uh, you know successfully completed uh, this uh, ride uh, and you know congratulations uh, on that uh, it's it's not it's not an easy task by any stretch of imagination but like you said it's not just about four of you right it is yeah, yeah. also it is the it is a uh, the support system you build around that which is super critical uh, all the planning uh all the pacers and coming in and helping all the volunteers masters everything i think uh, is super critical in an ultra endurance uh, you know uh, effort like this uh, that becomes critical so what are some of the uh, you know uh, challenges uh, if any that you faced during the event and how did you kind of overcome those okay so as you said uh, it's not a, it's not an effort by the four of us it's right. certainly not it's a team effort so the first challenge was to find people crazy enough to really dedicate their time to this and thankfully we had most of those people around us so the cycling community came together just as you expected and they were there for entire 72 hours so 48 hours for the main ride and the prep and everything else they, as we speak right now they are actually in the office and going through all the evidences so that we can submit them on monday so mm. that's the kind of support that we got so it's not just the cycling community the physio that we had called movement solutions the sponsor that we had called dabur bangladesh and everything literally everybody else that helped the motor bikers that were there to provide security so i there were it was in the village so there were people coming on the roads and there were like cows and goats and what not coming on the roads so the motor bikers were riding like 50 100 meters ahead of us and making sure that the roads are clear and they did it for entire 48 hours so right. that's the kind of support that we got so getting that bit sorted was the first challenge the second was the in an insane amount of organizing that we had to do so we had to plan it by the minute as in exactly what is going to happen how it is going to happen how the changeovers would happen how would we take care of if any issues arose and everything the punctures and what not so the amount of planning that went into it the checklists are like this long and uh, even the post event checklist is two pages long so that's another important part of it to plan every scenario up ahead so that whenever we are out there you don't have to think of what to do now because every time something happened we were like we know what to do let's go yeah uh other than that i uh, there are issues with keeping control in that particular space i uh, suddenly there was this program that was happening some place within the track so there were people crossing over we had to make sure that they were crossing over at the right time and you know how as we move more rural and more deeper we don't really get as much understanding from people as well but they were extremely understanding they were really polite and they really i uh, got into the whole rhythm of it as well so we managed this is if anybody else is doing an event like that the first thing that i will do is make sure that you take half of your volunteers from the local area Mm. because then they are going to give you all the support in the world right right so that is that is really good point there excellent so again very well done with that um so coming to the uh, the, uh, the cycling in bangladesh right so how is the uh, 
cycling community uh, growing and how how is it when you started and how did it uh, you know grow over the years and what are the things that are happening right now in bangladesh to uh, in the cycling community so the cycling community really started back in 2011 before that uh, we did not really have a lot of cycling in the country uh, but by 2017 or so it had stagnated a bit because uh one is leisure rides are well and good but there is a num there is a limit to how many leisure rides you can have and it is no longer as fun after a while right so and uh, road conditions got a lot worse commuting became a lot harder i uber and pakao all these motorbikes came on to the road and it became eventually even uh, tougher to ride on the roads as well however due to the pandemic suddenly things really got back on track a lot more people started riding again and uh, finally we are getting events now so there are a uh, few events not a lot but few events are coming up there is something called the tour of chd which is chitagong hill tracks so it's a hilly race with uh, the road conditions are not that great so they force you to use a mountain bike but it's actually a very intense uh, race of over 3 days it's quite interesting and the views and the locations are fantastic so now things are now picking up there is more interest the federation i has really started to i uh, get in touch with us as well i uh, raki once raki won the gold medal and we won the bronze medal in a games called bangladesh games then the federation really started take a notice on who these guys are what is happening there and uh, now we are working with the federation when we are trying to get more events off the road because it's much easier once you have a government body in place to get permissions and the other bits as well so mm-hmm. i'm really hopeful for the next few years because things are now clicking into place sponsors are seeing that there can be uh, you know value in terms of supporting cycling efforts and doing things like that because they got the mileage that they were hoping for so i'm hopeful i am definitely hopeful right yeah it is a very important to kind of have these events both local uh, club level races and you know events that uh that really kind of motivate and energize the uh, riders right so when you uh, when you keep uh, seeing those events in the horizon you it will get you out on the road to keep training and you know uh, keep going so that is really important i think uh, if you are able to develop local uh, grassroots level kind of racing uh, you know on a regular basis i think that would uh, do wonders and if you yeah. are um, in touch with uh, the federation and with their uh, help i think if something like that can be set up i think it will be a huge boost yeah. to the thing excellent so uh, to conclude this session uh, what are some of the uh, tips that you would give working athletes uh, uh, to do well in sport and uh, ca- work okay so this is actually one point that i would uh, i wanted to mention and i forgot thanks for reminding the reason i cycle so much has more to do with i actually have my i am mildly depressed so whenever i stop cycling i can feel myself become extremely negative my uh, temper goes haywire and i know that i'm actually stepping up towards the darker side of the being that i am and it is something the cycling in particular is something that really puts me on a more sane and a more pleasant mindset it makes me happier because of all the endorphins and all the uh, things that happen on the road so anybody who is working knows those feelings i have worked in a bank i have worked in an advertising agency i have worked in a multinational marketing company and i know those feelings i know exactly how those stresses come and anybody who's working i would highly recommend that you try out uh, cycling and you know anything that gets more endorphins into your bloodstream because that really makes a difference it is far better than taking medications honestly yeah. uh in terms of tips what i would say is to find out what you enjoy this is the part that people sometimes forget my goal as i have mentioned it's about becoming a 75 year old 
It's not about winning races or setting up Guinness World Record. That's not why I do these things. I do these things because I find these things interesting. It makes my journey interesting. If I cannot uh, say, if I fail to set this world record, I would still be motivated to do something else because it is not my beat all end all. I see a lot of people that are like, I don't want to race because I would come in last. My point is you want to race because you come in whatever position you want to come in. Who cares if you're last? I have always raced and I have always come in last. That has never stopped me. Now I am no longer coming last. That's a different thing. And that's something that I would mention to people. Just find out what you enjoy. If you like taking photos, okay, fine. Go out and take photos. But make sure that you do some exercise along the way. It's going to make the entire journey a lot more enjoyable. Brilliant, man. Uh, this has been fantastic, uh, Chad. Thank you for uh, taking the time and sharing your journey and uh, the Bang uh, Bangladesh cycling uh, community journey uh, with the Working Athlete Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to seeing you sometime next year, probably. Yes, I am looking forward to as well. That was my conversation with Rabir. I hope you enjoyed that. If you are enjoying these podcasts, please make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. It really helps. As always, thank you for your support. See you next week.